Welcome to Conversations, a podcast featuring conversations about life, theology, scripture, church, and everything in between. Hosted by Genesis Church in Mexico, Missouri. Find out more at www.genesisbegins.com. Welcome to another Conversations podcast, and I'm Jeff Stott, and Billy Johnson's in the house uh, again. And so, um, all right, so before we get into what we're talking about today, uh, I want to ask the listeners to do something for us, and that is, if you're not following us, go ahead and click the follow button, and that would help us out, and also rate us. You know, uh, give us a rating on it. And, you know, if you go, like, if you're on Spotify, you know, you'll see follow and you'll see the, you can rate it and give it a one star, five star, whatever you want. Um, Rate us on that because that helps, like, these algorithms out there that bump us up and all that kind of stuff. That would help. And if you come across one that you really like, uh, we'd ask that you share it. So follow, rate, share, those three things, you know, that would be, uh, that would be helpful. Um, Okay, so I want to follow up on uh, something I had mentioned oh, some time back on one of the podcasts. <clears throat> Talking to this lady, okay, and she said, hey, you know, I don't listen to podcasts, but I'm listening to you guys. And she said, uh, and she was having a problem with it because she didn't have a, she didn't have, the podcast was weird to her. Okay. Okay. And now, just she's 56. Okay. okay? And she said, you know, it's, it's uh, just giving you the age because of generational stuff here sure and um and so i told her i said look i said well and i was trying to explain to her what a podcast is usually what they're like and i said i said don't think sermon don't do that okay it's not like going to the church's website and listen to the preacher preach you know or whatever or or whatever and don't think classroom where you know we're going to teach and you take notes you can take notes if you want okay but most podcasts that's not how they're um organized and i said uh i said think more like um let's see what what did i tell her i said uh think more like oh think more like talk radio that's what popped in my head and that clicked with her because you know she'll listen to like news on the radio sure you know what i'm saying or she'll get on her phone and she'll listen to something on the phone where somebody's talking about something that's short. Yeah. I said, think like talk. So, so for the older generation, if you're, if you're listening to us for whatever reason, and we're your first podcast you ever heard, you thought, man, I don't, what is this? I don't <laughs> How do I listen to this? Yeah. You know, um, you know, if you're, if you understand talk radio, then you, the, so podcast is the new talk radio. That's sure. what's happening here. Sure. Okay. And, um, uh, so, so, so like for guys like you and I, I mean, I listen to ESPN all the time. Yeah. That is simply a 24-hour podcast. Absolutely. <laughs> that's on TV. Mm-hmm. That's what that is. Yeah. And um, and they will talk about the same subjects over and over and over and over again, you know, until the next game. Sure. You know, sure. And then they're talking about the, <laughs> they're talking the next about, same subject. Yeah, that's the same subject. Yeah. You know, yeah. So, uh, <clears throat> but anyway, I, I don't, I, I felt like I wanted to share that because I'd mentioned something like that sometime back. And, but this particular lady, I thought, you know what, there may be other people out there, you know, that kind of stumble across this thing and that sure. might help them kind of frame it. And, uh, but because the reason why I want to share it is because when I shared it with this, it, I could see the light bulb going off. Sure. She said, oh, that makes sense. Yeah, talk radio. So what uh, what what do you mean? Like when she was asking about it, what what was the 
what do you think the disconnect was or yeah, uh, well, the expectation. You know how if you have an expectation, like a sure. movie, like, well, this movie's going to be really good? Yeah. Uh, well, it wasn't a 10 out of a 10, so you're kind of disappointed with the movie. Sure. But it, but it was still a 7 or 8. Right. But your expect- expectation was so high. Oh, okay. Yeah, and so her expectation was that, I, I think, was that she was going to listen to us, and she was, gonna, she was thinking, okay, this is going to be a Bible study. Okay, yeah. Yeah, more of a of a teaching, like with an outline, here yeah. are the things we want to teach. Yeah, here's these five things. And now we yeah. may say, we're going to talk about these five things. Like, sure. You know, actually, if you pay attention, we actually do have an outline tucked in There is some structure to yeah, this, yeah. To this right. thing. Yeah, yeah. so, uh, but... <clears throat> Uh, but we're not tied on it. Right. This is, you know, and, and she'd been to college and she, I mean, she, this was an educated woman. So she, I mean, you know, she had been taught a certain way. Sure. You know, um, as a matter of fact, see, this is where, uh, okay. So I'm reading a book. All right. Okay. And, uh, we had talked about this the other day. At the, uh, the meeting? Yeah. I don't, I don't remember where we were when we talked about it, but, I think we were so that he's holding up the book. Yeah, now, I got the, yeah. And and I we were at that discipleship group meeting, and you were. Well, it's one of the different models of teaching, yeah, yeah, and learning, yeah, yeah. So what she was really struggling with is okay. So what we're doing right now? Didn't you mention hermeneutics? Well, and different uh, styles. Well, of, yeah, Hebraic model of teaching versus okay. Hellenistic model. Yeah, there you go. Sorry, I okay. had my my terms so, wrong. A Hellenistic model is the ancient model of classroom teaching mm-hmm. you know um where you know here's these five things i'm just going to give you the information it's more of a you know academic outline kind of thing yeah you sit and listen right uh the hebraic model is more conversational more lifestyle you know what i'm saying so if you're trained underneath the hellenistic model you know and then you walk into a room where it's a hebraic model you're going to be frustrated sure because you don't know how to even take notes, you know? So I had a professor. Okay. So I had a professor. He didn't know he was doing it. Well, he may have knew he was doing it, but I don't know if he knew it or not, but he was, his teaching style went back and forth from Hebraic to Hellenistic model. Oh, really? Yeah. So here's how it would look. He would be talking about, he's giving us information and then he would say, Oh, by the way. And then he would just go off in this more conversational thing. Right. Mm -hmm. And which was usually the best stuff. Oh yeah. But that's not going to be on the test. Right. I'm sitting there taking notes on, I have to pass a test. Right. Okay. That is a Hellenistic model of teaching. Sure. I've got to get certain information because I got to regurgitate it later. Uh, I'm not really, I'm learning information. I'm not really learning. Right. Okay. It's a big difference here. Do you, okay. Could you say that I'm talking about information versus I'm learning? Yeah. See, Hellenistic Hellenistic model of teaching is is really information driven. Yeah. Okay. Hebraic uh, model of teaching is lifestyle driven. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. They're not going to tell you every Hellenistic. They're going to tell you a lot of stuff you don't need to know. Sure. So, like that's why when you go to college, you're going to learn a lot. You know, you're getting a degree in a certain thing yeah well they're going to teach you a a bunch of stuff that has nothing to do so if you're going to go in to say let's say you're going to get a degree in nursing well you know what you're going to have to learn when you go into college you still got to learn american history sure uh economics Mm -hmm. all these core classes yeah that really have they don't they're not directly related 
Okay. So what a Hebraic model would do is they say, Oh, you want to be a nurse? Okay, we're gonna everything's gonna be wrapped around on how to be a nurse. Everything. Yeah. Okay. And we're going and you're we're gonna teach you while we're nursing. That's how it's gonna work. Mm-hmm. You know, so I mean you literally have very little classroom. You have some of it. Sure. I mean, they'll sit around like the like back then the rabbi or the teacher or the philosopher, they'll he'll say some stuff and they'll but they'll ask questions, what does that mean? That kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And it's more of a dialogue kind of conversations like sure. what we're doing. But so if but if you're trained mentally to learn under under the Hellenistic model, when you step into a relational learning environment, it feels weird. It doesn't, you know, because you're so used to this cold academic version versus relate. And what's interesting is is Jesus chose the Hebraic model. The disciples traveled with him, lived with him, yeah. he taught on the go. Yeah. That's what he was doing. You know, then they had the fire the fireside chats kind of thing as well, where he would answer the questions as they saw things and experienced things. So anyway, I, that's a lot more than you wanted to know. <laughs> uh but Okay. So all right. Uh but you know what's why here's what I find that's interesting. That some of these folks uh oh by the way, I was talking to this couple the other day and they're going to listen to this, which I, this is sweet. Okay. They said, well, we were laying in bed last the other night, and we decided we're just going to put you guys on. Oh. Yeah. And so they're, they're laying in bed, and, yeah. and they were listening to us, you know. And uh, uh, I said, well, great. And they said, and they and she said, you know, I laughed so hard, my cheeks were hurt. See, that, I'll tell you, that fills me with joy. Because here's the truth. The truth is, is I like to make people laugh. I like to make people interested in things and to hear that somebody's listening and they're chuckling and maybe learning something along the way, or at least, you know, thinking about some things and fleshing some things out. The fact that it just brought joy and they were just laughing. That makes me feel, because really, I mean, let's be honest, Jeff, you're the academic here. <laughs> you know, yeah. Well, you know I mean? my wife would differ on that. Well, one. <laughs> I, I see, I get the pleasure of talking to you before the podcast goes on. You're the academic okay, one okay, here. Okay. I'm the guy that, you know, I, I just try to crack some jokes and, <laughs> and, and have a good time and maybe learn something on the way. So that, that really, really encourages me that people are just, they're not only, my hope is, is that when they walk away from this after they've listened to it or whatever, that maybe they've heard something new or at least thinking about something new, but also they had a few laughs, you know, along the way. And that's, that's really what I, my hope for this whole thing. So that, yeah. that was very encouraging. I'm, I'm glad you shared that. And you know, and I was, so, uh, talking to my wife about our podcast, you know, yeah. and, uh, uh, which she has started listening to. Has she? Believe it or not. Yeah. All right. And so, uh. But anyway, uh, we were talking about it, and I, I and I, I walked away thinking, because uh, she talks about us being silly, you know, sure. many times, you know, <laughs> sure. And I said, oh, I mean, I was thinking in my head. I thought, but you know, we don't even try to be. No, it's not no. like it's not like we say, okay, how can we be funny? No, not how at can all. we be silly? It's just, I mean, this is who we are. Yeah, and I'm I'm really glad that resonates with people because yeah. ultimately, uh, you know, the the term conversation, man, we're just yeah, we're we're just trying to have a good time and talk about some interesting topics right. and just enjoy it as we go too. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, so here's the thing: we don't come in here, um, you know, we don't we don't sit down pre podcast and go, okay, here's the points we want to hammer out. Right. I mean, we've got like you said a general outline, but ultimately, it's like I want people to, I want it to be a pleasure to just sit down and join mm-hmm. in this conversation with us. Yeah, my my goal is I just okay so. 
when I'm looking at our podcast, here's what I'm thinking. Yeah. Okay. I want to, I want to recommend resources that I think is helpful, which I'll, I'll do here in a minute. Sure. Um, I want them to enjoy the process, enjoy the conversation. Right. You know, cause who wants to listen to a boring conversation? Right. You know, you know, especially if we go an hour and 57 minutes like we did last time, but, uh, which, um, oops. Well, actually by the time I hear this podcast, it will be out. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, the, and, but however, I want them to, I want them to think a little bit differently about some things, you know, yeah. you know, and I want them to learn. I definitely want them to learn something, but I really want to challenge maybe something that they have believed their whole life and they're beginning to realize, oh, wait a minute, maybe I'm wrong. Well, and, and I think what, I think what's really important too is as, as people kind of go through that process. So that can be a scary process. It is. I want them to be comfortable mm-hmm. in that process because it's like, well, maybe I'm wrong. Uh, like, it's just so nice if I if I'm challenged on something. It's so nice if it's in a if if it's an environment where I'm comfortable mm-hmm. and where I can just be honest about. Man, I think about it this way, and if I'm challenged, it's like okay, I, it is okay for the listener uh, to be wrong about things. Man, we're yeah. on this journey together. Right. Because I'll be honest, I mean, they, they, you know, there's a lot of stuff that I'm learning as we go too, and, and a lot of theological aspects that I, I, that are changing for me as we go through this process. Yeah, and, and yeah, I'm not saying that we know it all, oh, but right. however, just by having some of these conversations, or at least for the listener, there's a listener listening to it. I want, I want them to at least give them something that, that grows them. Yes. You know, yes. and you know, because there are times where I'm, I'm. There are literally times where we have been doing a podcast and yeah. we're talking, yeah. And I have a brand new insight that I've never had about something, you oh, know. Yeah. And I'll just talk about it, yeah. And and that can be dangerous because I haven't had time to process. It. Sure, <laughs> okay? sure. That yeah. So the listeners have to understand. I mean, you're getting you're getting a conversation from Billy and Jeff. And there are times we're just reacting yes. to something we're thinking about right then. It's raw. It's raw. It's in its raw yeah. form. There's been no... We haven't put it in a lab and right. analyzed it and processed it. You know, We're just sort of talking out loud, letting yeah. you just come along with the journey. And so, uh, which uh, I think is okay. I mean, I, that's a safe environment. I think people, you just got to... And, and I think it's people have to learn how to talk about things that... You know, and be able to communicate about things that they may not fully understand, but they're convinced of. Well, so think about that couple. They're laying in bed, right? Right. Mm -hmm. And and they're they just decide to listen to the podcast. Okay, so uh, you mentioned that they they got to laughing until their cheeks hurt, right? Yeah. Well, what? So what better environment? So you've got two people who are safe in their home mm-hmm. and now they're meditating on things. They're thinking through things. They're laughing about it. Mm-hmm. What a great environment to grow in. Yeah. If you're a couple and you listen to like a Christian podcast together, I mean, ours or somebody's what a good way to have a conversation starter about something. Yes. I mean, cause you can pause it and say, what do you think about that? Yes. Yes. Like you know, some of the stuff we're going to be talking about, you know, your design for ministry, we're talking about your desire. I mean, so somewhere in here, it'd be great if, if you're with some friends listening to this, or if you're, you know, uh, with your wife or husband, or whatever, just pause and say, 
well, what desire has God placed in you yeah. for ministry? Yeah. And then have a conversation about it. Mm-hmm. And if you're laughing or having a good time, some of our defense mechanisms are down. Yeah. And we can just be more honest with each other and right. just have better, more thorough conversations between yeah. us and God yeah. in that moment. Yeah, yeah, it just, it creates, I'm glad that somewhere along the lines, this has created an environment where people can chuckle and have mm-hmm. a good time and just... Mm-hmm. Be comfortable. Right. Be comfortable in the things they know. Be comfortable in the things they don't know. Mm-hmm. All of those things. That, to me, like that's my purpose here. You know, yeah. it's just hey, because I, because I'm on that same journey. You know, so I, I'm I'm a, I, I appreciate you sharing that. Right yeah, on. That was uh that was exciting. <clears throat> okay, so um, I listen to believe it or not, I don't just listen to our podcast. Oh, really? Yes. But, well, which I do listen to our podcast. Yeah, yeah. Because I want to make sure, you know, did we say what I thought we said? <laughs> yeah. Okay. So uh, so uh, there's about, there's actually 15 podcasts I float around from. You know, I'm a mood podcast guy. So I've got right. actually about 15 that I listen to. That's wow. on my phone. That's in my favorites. And I just kind of go back and forth between them. All right. So, uh, which for the so for people that don't know you as well as I know you, mm-hmm. I don't know how you are able to eke out three minutes of a day to even listen to a podcast because it right. seems like you're always doing yeah. something productive. Okay, well, so here, yeah, good for you. Yeah, well, here's the deal. Okay, you know me long enough. Okay, let's go back. Okay, let's go back. Way back when. Let's go. All right, so, uh, my lifestyle has always been busy. Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, whether it needs to be or not, you keep right. yourself busy. Even back in college. I mean, sure. I was at one point I was married, had a kid, had a job and full-time student. Yeah. Okay. In, in college. Okay. Busy. That's busy. Mm-hmm. Okay. I don't have time to waste. So one of the habits that I picked up during those days was, uh, maximizing what most people don't do anything with. Right. Okay. And, and here's these moments. Um, that's called rest, by the way. <laughs> what is so, that? What, rest? rest? So one of the things... I've never heard this word. Let what? me just let me just put it in layman's terms. So you don't rest, really, to speak Sometimes of. Sometimes that is true. <laughs> right. Go ahead with if your If you thought. would follow me around, you would think, Jeff, you've got to I, I would be exhausted right. uh, following you around. You would be exhausted. I would. I'm exhausted <laughs> following me around. Okay. So, so your thoughts. Yeah, here, here's here's how. Okay. You say, Jeff, how do you listen to 15 podcasts? Well, okay. First of all, don't think I'm listening to 15 podcasts a day. That's not how that works. Okay? Right. Here's how it works. <clears throat> okay. So once I, okay, I'll get up in the morning. Okay. So um, I was doing some stuff in the kitchen this morning. Mm-hmm. About five thirty this morning. Okay, <laughs> tells you something right there. Right, right. Okay, and but I had a, but while I was uh, preparing some stuff and doing some stuff for the day in the kitchen, um, I had a podcast on. Okay. Okay, so I'm listening to podcasts while I'm doing that. Uh, so then uh, get the girls up, get them ready, blah blah. blah. We get in the truck, uh, take them to where they need to go this mm-hmm. morning. So as soon as I drop the last one off, boom, the, the a podcast is back on. Is there ever silence? Oh yeah, yeah. There are sometimes where I just don't, I don't want noise. Sure, sure. Uh, which um, just to drag this podcast out a little bit longer, there, I got something <laughs> to tell you here uh, in the listener. Which I learned something the other day at Walmart that I did not know existed. You learned something at yes, Walmart, right? Let's hear it. Yeah, but podcast first. Oh, okay. So, uh, 
So I, I and then I go to the Y. Okay, a lot of the people that you see exercising, they're listening to music. Sure. I'm assuming. Okay. Well, I'm not. I know it sounds weird. I, I does music motivate me? Yes, but uh, I'm sort of a self starter anyway. Right. Besides, I'm at the point now where I don't need that much motivation because I'm not I'm not training for anything anymore. Okay. And I'm not trying to push myself to the limit, and that's what I need. You're like, not going to be doing any triathlons no, or anything even, anymore. No, those days are. Done. Are you sure? I would love to. Yeah. But uh, so I'm listening to podcasts while yeah. I'm on the treadmill, stretching, doing some you know low end weights kind of stuff and so uh uh you know that's 45 minutes mm-hmm. you know you know what i'm saying and so i, I do th- that um stuff like that you know what i'm saying and sure. so uh sometimes i listen to them like when i'm getting ready in the shower i wake up you know and i'm in you know in in our master bed a uh, bathroom <laughs> you know and so uh got stuff going but normally i don't have anything going because everybody's still asleep i don't want to Right, wake up the whole house. Right, but so that's what I'm saying. It's like when, like, and so like driving to Columbia or back, or driving to St. Louis and back. You mm-hmm. know, um, I'm usually listening to a podcast. You yeah, know? and so you know, when you add that up over a month time period, you know, that's why I can say, oh yeah, you know, uh, yeah, I'm on episode nine of this or episode four of this one. Oh, yeah, I've already listened to 20 episodes of that person, that kind of thing. Yeah. All right. So with that said, I haven't forgot about Walmart, but I want to. I don't want to forget about what what. <laughs> What we're actually talking about. What we're here to do. Yeah. All right. So a podcast that I want to recommend. It's called Unbelievable with a question mark. I mean, the title is Unbelievable, like Unbelievable Podcast. Okay. Okay. uh, You know, Unbelievable Podcast with a question mark, but question marks after Unbelievable. Because if you type in just Unbelievable, there's a lot of podcasts out there. Has the title Unbelievable. Okay. So it's Unbelievable with the question mark podcast. Okay. You just want to be real specific. On the uh, yeah, one you got you're to, you are, I don't want you landing yeah. on something. Jeff, this, is <laughs> yeah. this, I can't believe it. Right. So, but anyway, uh, but here's, here's why I recommend this one. Now, this is a serious podcast. This is not Jeff and Billy podcast. Right. Okay. Uh, they ramp it up. Okay. And here's what they do. The guy who hosts it, what he does is he brings, he has a subject. Okay, like free will. Does okay. man have a free will or not? Now it's a Christian podcast. Don't okay, it's a Christian, and the podcast is out of Britain. Okay, okay. that's where they're at. So got to keep that in context. Okay? Right. So <clears throat> what he'll do is he'll bring two people, two guests in on the podcast, and they oppose each other on the subject, whatever's at hand, like free will. Okay. okay. So, but but it's it's. It's even deeper than this. So he has a Christian in this particular podcast I'm talking about. He has a Christian who's a, he believes in free will of man. And so, you know, and now for those who are in theology, you would think he would have another Christian who's heavy on the predestination side. Right. Okay. That's not what he does. He brings in the Christian on the free will side, and then he brings in an atheist who doesn't believe in God. He oh, talks wow. about the free will of man. Wow. Does, so now he comes from a different perspective. Absolutely. You know, so now it's all about, you know, your environment. All that kind of, so, and then they start hashing it out. And, but they don't argue. This is not drama. They don't yell at each other. This sure. Is not, this is none of that stuff. This is, and, and, they have, and they set it up the same way every time. So they give each one 10 minutes to state their case about the subject. Oh, that's interesting. Right. I like that. Yeah, stage three, they take a little break meaning like a 15 second music break there's this music and then they come back okay and so then stage three is um the uh 
the host then will ask them questions, follow-up questions. So, okay, you said this. What do you mean by that? Well, how do you handle that? Okay, well, what about you? And they, they're not talking to each other yet. And then the, the two hosts, and then stage three, then in stage three, they let them talk. Then they talk to each other. So the host is still moderating this. Yeah. So, and each one's about 45 minutes to an hour. So it's like a debate. It's a debate. That's what it you is. See, I like that sort of thing. Yeah, but it's organized. It's yeah. intelligent. I mean, and you got some smart guys. I want to be honest with you. Okay, uh, I I feel smart sometimes. Okay. Yeah. And there are times where I have to pause it and I'm looking up stuff. Oh, wow. Okay, because yeah. I'm thinking, I haven't heard that one. I don't even know what that word means. So, yeah. so what you're saying is some of their topics isn't the basic no stuff they're talking about. No, they don't. Really this is not. This is not one hundred and one. Right. This is this one. This is pretty intense. It's pretty deep. I mean, it's academic, but but it may appeal to some because this really uh, there's some things in there. I'm going. Oh, I hadn't thought about that. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, you know that's that changes some stuff. So, uh, um, and so one of the another one of the podcasts they did that I thought was in here recently. I listened to. Uh, he had uh, he talked about does secular humanism or Christianity offer a brighter future? Wow. Okay. So, hey, so he he brought in a Christian professor yeah. talk that teaches you know this kind of stuff to talk about the how Christianity brings a brighter can bring a brighter future. Yeah. Okay. And uh, he also has an a who's an atheist come in who teaches secular humanist humanism at a university and. They debate, of course. They both believe their viewpoint, of course, would be, be the brighter future. But to, but however, to hear the atheist secular humanist argue his point is very fascinating to me. Sure, didn't agree with him on a lot of things, of course. But it helps you to understand how a lot of people think about about humanity without God and, and is it good? What do you live for? And he had, and it helps you to understand why they think the way they think. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. So anyway, it's a little bit different kind of a podcast. You know what I'm saying? This is not a laid back, sit back and enjoy it kind of, but if you're, if you want to dive into some stuff that's a little deeper, a little more controversial, uh, I would recommend that one. Now, see, I'll, uh, this is the first I'm hearing about this mm -hmm. one and I'll definitely be checking that out. Yeah. yeah. That, that, that sort of thing uh, interests. Me. Yeah. And they, so, yeah. they, and they've been around a while. So that, I mean, they don't, I mean, they have a lot of podcasts. Well, good. Yeah. And some of the podcasts, they are actually in front of an audience. Yeah. Okay. They have the two people on the audience and the, you know, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So, um, but they've been doing it a while. So it's, uh, I recommend that one. Okay. The Walmart thing real quick. Yeah. Okay. So I was at Walmart the other day, dropped the kids off. Uh, had to go to the store. So I went to Walmart. Town and store means Walmart. Yeah. Right. Okay. <laughs> right. So, <laughs> um, so I go to Walmart. I'm in there. Uh, I'm in the back. And anyway, I was like, man, I got to go to the restaurant. Mm -hmm. All right. So I'm headed back and I go to the one in the back and I'm going through the tech section where all the TVs are. Yep. All the TVs on the back. All the TVs had the exact same message. There's no programs on. Right. Okay. And here, and it was a blue screen with white letter on it. Here's what it said: Walmart observes non-sensory hours from 8 a.m. to 10 a.m. every day. Non-sensory hours from 8 a.m. to 10 a.m. Right. So okay. I thought, I thought, huh? What is that? 
Yeah. So, okay, I go in the restroom, I come out, and as I'm walking out, I'm still, I'm coming back through the TV tech section. Right. Headed back to the grocery section. As I'm walking out, immediately, Walmart goes quiet. And I look at my watch, it's 8 a.m. What they mean is, there was nothing on the TVs are off. The music that they play at Walmart turned off. So somewhere along the way, I didn't know they were doing this. And somebody, I was talking about this. Somebody, it's, oh yeah, they've been doing that for months. I said, well, I, I thought, I've never well, even heard of this. Yeah, me neither. And of course, I'm never. I'm normally not there between eight and ten anyway. Right. And so I'm um, usually there before eight. Okay. You know, 80, you know, but for some reason I'm there at eight o'clock. And so uh, anyway, and and, uh, and here's what happened. I was I was walking around in Walmart, and when the music uh, when when it went when the, they cut the music off. I immediately felt better. Did you? Yeah. So, and, and I'm thinking, you know, I, I wasn't noticing the music. Right. I wasn't paying attention to the music. Right. But once the music was turned off and it was dead quiet, I immediately felt happier. That is strange. Yeah. And I, cause I'm a very self aware person. Yeah. So I'm walking, I'm thinking, huh? Anyway, and I, I do think there, you know, our environment does make a difference on us. Oh, no doubt. And in a lot of ways that we don't know. Sure. You know, and um, and I, I tell people all the time, I said, look, you know, your surrounding does make a difference. Mm-hmm. It affects how you think, how you feel, all that kind of stuff. We're just wired that way. That's why God made creation the way. If if, if, if we weren't affected by it, it, everything would have been bland. Right. You know. Right. Sunsets would be gray. Right. You know what I'm saying? You know, it's you know, so, um, but God knows that we are inspired and we think differently, feel different, react differently. And so, and that's why I think a person's home is important. You know what I'm saying? How it looks, how it feels, how, you know, and the volume in a home can affect people. You know what I'm saying? There's a reason why grandparents love it when children show up and then when they leave. Right. Well, and, and I can't help but think, you know, I was, uh, and I've, I've mentioned this before, I think, but, uh, you know, one time my son came up to me and we, we were having, going through a difficult time and he said, dad, he said, I'm having a hard time seeing God or hearing God in this thing, right? I said, well, let's turn down the noise for a minute. Yeah. And and what I, what I can't help but think is, is when we turn down the noise of the world, uh, wh- whatever that means, it gives us an opportunity to really kind of look inward and see how we feel. You know, you said that when the TVs and all, the, all that stuff was quiet, you felt happier. Well, it's because you're in tune more in tune with how you feel, Mm -hmm. you know, and at least you were able to acknowledge that. And so I think it's important. Yeah. With the, you know, when you talk about our, our environment is important. It's like sometimes all the noise around us doesn't allow us to really dig in Mm -hmm. with how we feel or what we think about things. And it's good to turn that down. Right. Yeah. Anyway, that's interesting. Yeah. That. So here's the, I've never heard of that. Yeah. Me neither. And now all of a sudden that's when I want to go shopping at Walmart. It's between eight and 10. Yeah. I'll be honest with you. I have never in my entire life, uh, wanted to go shopping at Walmart, (laughs) but there's a certain part of me at this point that's like, yeah, I kind of want to experience that. Yeah. Well, by necessity. Sure, I, sure. I, I, yeah, I do well, a lot yeah. more shopping than I used to. Sure, yeah. sure. But well, anyway. yeah, I know you're not going out there so you can get some quiet time. <laughs> yeah, no. <You> know? <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> but anyway, it was this pleasant surprise, you know. Yeah. With, like, okay, they always have done some research. Walmart does just doesn't 
willy-nilly do anything. Right. And so uh, they've obviously done some research. And, you know, and our Walmart has gone through a face major facelift. Yeah. You know, so uh, upgraded a bunch of stuff. But And I don't know how long that's been really going on. Uh, based on the person I was talking to, they said, oh, it was going on before the facelift. Oh, okay. And so, but again, I'm not normally in there between 8 and 10 anyway. Sure. So, um, and I may have walked in there between 8 and 10 and at some point and just didn't notice that it was already turned off. I mean, surely you would have noticed though. Cause that, that um, almost, it, it, I'll be honest with you. There, it's a little bit like the, the word that keeps popping in my head would be like eerie kind of walking around. Well, it was a little quiet. bit. I felt like I was in a store that was closed. Right. You know, like, like, should I be here? Yeah. Kind yeah. Of it was kind of that kind of a thing. Yeah. Kind of had the same feeling when I first paid for gas with a credit card or a debit card yeah. and drove off. Oh yeah. I felt like I just robbed the store. I, I, I'm always worried about, I'm a police yeah. officer for the people that don't know. And I always get panicked at the gas pumps and stuff like that. When I use my debit oh, card at the pump. No, you still do? Still. Okay. And I'll stand there uh-huh. after I've paid for my gas because and i also i i get wigged out and i'll i'll like i'll be standing there and let's say i'm pumping gas and i want to get back in the truck it's cold out you know and everybody well your truck can blow up whatever uh but anyway i'll get in to warm up and i always go into this panic mode thinking they're thinking i'm getting ready to steal Uh, you know so yeah whenever i pay for gas i always stand around i get a receipt Uh uh-huh but then I just kind of stand around to make sure that nobody's going to run out of the store and say there's a problem. I get yeah. it, it's it's real eerie for me. I don't know why. I did not I've, I've, know that. Yeah, I've got some real weird hangups. You're you're weird. Man. Yeah, I am. I'm I'm a little bit different. <laughs> <laughs> All so right. anyway, yeah. Okay, so let uh, business at hand. Here we go. Uh, we are we are in a series on what we're calling design. So God has designed you to do certain things to have certain ministries and make certain impacts, to be involved in certain ministries and people's lives and those kinds of things. And, um, and, but God gives you a desire to do that. So uh, before we dive into this, all right, so the design covers six areas. So if you want to know what God has created you to do, designed you to do, it's helpful to take a look at six things in your life. Uh, and these six things are summarized by the word design. Okay, so like an acronym. So uh, it's your desire, and that's what we're talking about today. God has given you a desire to do certain things and not do certain things. Uh, Your experiences, you know, good, bad, and ugly. Your spiritual gift, your individual style, meaning your personality. Uh, Then your growth, your spiritual maturity level. And then natural abilities. Uh, In other words, your learned skills like typing piano playing, guitar, mechanics, carpentry, cooking, stuff like that. Sure. Sewing, those kinds of things. All right. So um, if you understand your desire, then you will understand why uh, you are interested in ministry A and not ministry B. Sure. This will be why you're interested in people group A and not people group B. Okay. People group meaning like, I really like, want to be involved in youth. Or I really want to be involved in, you know, English as a second language type people. Right. You know, or people with AIDS or low income Mm -hmm. people groups, you know what I'm saying? And it can be a lot of different variations on what people group you're talking about. Um, You know, some people have people groups could also be like, I'm really, I feel drawn toward helping Christians. And some people are drawn towards, I want to minister to non-believers. Sure. You know, they're just drawn to those people groups. 
Um, so, uh, where do we get all this? Well, first of all, let's start with Psalms 37, four. All right. Now listen carefully to what it says. So the Bible says, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Okay. That does not mean. Right. I was. That's an interesting verse. It is. Yeah, because it can be interpreted several right. different ways. And so years ago, when I first was introduced to this verse, I heard it taught, and I believe that, ooh, amen, brother. Yes. You know, you delight yourself in the Lord. I mean, I'm going to get you, what I want. You, I'm going to get what I want. Yep. Amen. That new car's coming. That new car's coming. Yeah. Come on, somebody. All uh-huh. right. That bass boat's <laughs> on the way. Yep. All right. So, uh, but that's not what that means. Well, oh, too bad. It was a lot funner a moment yeah, ago. Yeah, it was a lot more fun. Yeah. <laughs> so here's what this here's what that verse means. Psalms 37 4. It says, Delight yourself in the Lord. Okay, let's stop there. So what you're doing is you are you are loving on Jesus, man. You're into his word, you're growing, you're you're you are seeking his kingdom. You are your delight is in him. You're loving that relationship. Yeah. Okay. And out of that intimate close growing relationship that you have with the Lord, what's going to happen is your heart and mind's going to change. No doubt. And he's going to have an impact on you. And so as you delight yourself in the Lord, he will give you the desires of your heart. In other words, your desire is going to change. Well, sure. He'll give you the desires of your heart, but what you didn't realize was is your heart was changing and the things you wanted was yeah. changing while you were delighting in the Lord. Yeah. So, okay, just to keep it really simple. Yeah. Let's say you get saved. You start reading the Word and you're delighting yourself in the Lord. Mm-hmm. You're starting to pray. You never went to church. All of a sudden, you have this incredible desire to hang around Christians. You want to grow. You want to pray. You want. To, where did that come from? Are you talking about me specifically? Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> and me. Right. And right. Uh, uh, so uh, that's one of those desire shifts. You know, he gets a hold of your heart, and all of a sudden, you want to you want to read the Bible. Why? Well, where did that desire come from? Right. Okay. So you start delighting yourself in the Lord. He's going to give you the desire to heart. Well, and you can branch this out into a lot of a lot of directions. So he's going to give you. As you grow and delight yourself in the Lord, you're going to start having a desire. For whatever reason, you're going to be drawn towards the children's ministry or the youth ministry, senior adult ministry, shut-ins, you know, the deaf, the blind, you know, prisoners, whatever. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Um, And you're going to have this desire for it. Now, I've said this before, and I I think I said it last time, that here's the deal, that when this is why... When churches present certain things, like on a like say so you go to church and you're sitting there and the and you know the Mister Announcer steps up there and he says, "Hey man, we got about four or five announcements. Hey, we need volunteers for," and they list whatever they say whatever it is, and you're going and you're sitting there thinking, "Nah, not interested. It just doesn't ring a bell." Right. But we also need some help in, and then they say and you go, "Oh, oh no, I, I want to do that." Yeah. Well. That's an indication of God giving you a desire for one thing and not the other. Yeah. Because he's it's the body. You don't have to do it all. Mm-hmm. Okay. This is what you're about. And once you start learning what you're about, what why you're created, recognizing that desire uh, that he's given to you as you delight yourself in the Lord. Okay. Because our desires can be misleading. The key is you have to delight yourself in the Lord. Right. Right. Okay. 
And because there's a lot of people who say, well, I believe God wants me. I just really feel led to do this. And there are times where we're going, no, no, that's what you, no, he didn't give you that desire. That is what you just want to do. Yeah. It seems clear to everyone else. Right. Other than that person. That, yeah. No, that's, no. that's what you want to yeah. do. So, uh, you know, and we're not going to be able to dissect this as deep as I would like. Sure. But Maybe you, you can to, write a book on it someday. I bet I could. Yeah. yeah. So, but you have to, you have to. Understand that this is in the context of delighting yourself in the Lord. So everything we say from here on out, I am talking, I'm not talking about just look at your desire. Yes. What do you do? Because you may desire the wrong thing. Absolutely. Because it's driven by sinfulness, selfishness, all that kind of pride or whatever, or fear or whatever. I'm talking about if you're delighting yourself in the Lord, what God wants you to do He'll give you that desire and it becomes more clear to you. Well, and what's so incredible about God is, is he changes your heart, gives you that desire, and then will put it in front of you for you to be able to act on it. Right. That's what's incredible. I mean, it's it's like it's like we've got all the cheat codes, you know, to, to life. I mean, uh, you know, now that's not to say that things won't be difficult and all that, but as he changes our heart and he changes our desires, then he will... He will put the things that we desire in front of us one way or another. Yeah. You know, and 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 it's obviously up to us to, you know, to take off and, and do those things. But that's what's cool is it's yeah. not only he just won't change us. He'll put it in front of us, too. Yeah. He's he's created you for a reason. Yes. And Ephesians <laughs> chapter two, verses eight, nine and ten are very clear about that. So absolutely. They, uh, also talks about in chapter four, you know, spiritual gifts and yeah, things right. like that. And yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So uh, uh, look at you referring to like. Ephesians 4, Ephesians 2. Ephesians, the reason I can refer to that stuff you is just read because, it. well, no, it's it's just such a short book. Here's yeah, not like, that's it, yeah. yeah. No, I don't want to call it an easy book because once you dive into it. Oh, it, it's very complex. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's very short. Yeah. So it's like it's not a ton of stuff for me to remember. Yeah. All right. So, uh, all right. Let's dive into the question a little bit more. What do we mean when we say desire? Okay. So to understand to understand your desire. We need to understand how the Bible uses the term heart. Okay. Because okay? that's where the desire comes from. Yeah. So heart, how the, term, how the Bible uses the term heart to describe the bundle of desires and hopes and interests and ambitions and dreams and affections you have, because that's where they're at. And so your heart represents um, and is the source of all your motivations. So here's, this is why, this is, we hear this in just common language. When people say, I love you with all my heart. Now, what are they saying? When they say, I love you with all my heart, they're expressing a desire for you. Yeah. Okay. They're, they're talking about a desire, a passion they have. Okay. Yeah. So your heart is going to reflect that desire. So sometimes uh, we all say on the negative side, oh man, I don't know. My heart just not into that. Yeah. You know, I'm just, no, my heart's just not, not there. Meaning we don't have a desire for it. Right. You know, uh, and so we already use this language about our heart, but that's how the Bible also uses it as well. So in Proverbs 27, 19, here's what the Bible says. As wow. a, if, if the listener heard that, I'm sorry, my stomach is growling like man, crazy. It is, boy. I have a desire for wow, some food. Wow, that's <laughs> yeah. impressive. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Hopefully uh, the mic didn't pick that yeah, up. Yeah, well, you know, now they're all thinking, well, what was that? <laughs> yeah, all right. Yeah. So uh, Proverbs 27, 19 says this, as a face is reflected in water, so the heart reflects the person. Okay, so if you can, 
if you can see your heart, if you get a glimpse of your heart or somebody's heart, you're actually seeing the real person. Right. That's who they really are. Yeah. If you you know, so it's important that we try to understand our heart. Now, again, the Bible says our heart is very deceitful. But again, I'm talking about in the context yep. of delighting yourself in the Lord, then God's gonna give you desires of your heart. Right. Okay. So um he's gonna use your heart to drive you, to move you to where you wanna be. So uh, so really, your heart determines three things, okay? And here they are. Your heart determines why you say the things you do. This is how you can tell what's in your heart, where you're at. Yeah. Okay? So it says here, the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. Oh, that's, that's Matthew 12, 34. Okay? So, um, you know, back back in the... So we did a series of podcasts on uh, the stage of spiritual growth. Mm-hmm. And we didn't talk about a whole lot, but we referred to the, the the phrase from the stage. Sure. Gave an indication of where people are spiritually. Well, this is what we're talking about. The the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. So you talk about what you're excited about, you know? You it reveals where you are spiritually. It reveals what you truly believe. It, it out of your heart comes really it you kind of get a if you get a person talking from their heart. Oh yeah. You're you're really you're you're getting a reflection of that person. So Proverbs twenty seven nineteen, as a face is reflected in water, so the heart reflects the person. So if you can get them speaking out of their heart, mm-hmm. you're getting a glimpse of who this person really is. And that's uh and it's significant that you're a if you're not able to talk from the heart, you're gonna have a hard time discerning what God really wants you to do. Well, yeah, yeah, and and one of the worst parts is, is that, you know, we, so speaking from the heart can be difficult because can we be. can be very deceitful to ourselves and, and, and all yeah. those things. So yeah, it, you know, taking the time to really pay attention to the things you say and try to process those things and figure out where you're coming from and just really figure out what your own heart right. is full of, yeah. you know, that's, that's an important, yeah an important process. Well, and, and if you're not used <clears throat> to being honest yeah about what you think and what you feel. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to have, this is going to be difficult, but again, God will get you there. Okay? Oh, no doubt. And God yeah. puts people in our lives to help so, us. Yeah. So here's the thing. Whenever, if, if the listener, if you've got that one person that you can be totally honest with mm-hmm. and that you can really break down and say what's on your mind, mm-hmm. spend some time chatting to those people because yeah. you're going to figure out more of what, what's in your heart, yeah. you know? And, and so, yeah, utilize those people that God put in front of us. They're there for a reason. Right. You know, so pay attention when when you feel yourself being more honest with this person. Well, spend some time thinking mm-hmm. about the things you say to that person, you know, because you're really revealing what's on the inside, even if you can't tell right maybe in the moment. Right. <clears throat> well, you know, now for the listeners who've been uh, journeying with us through a lot of these podcasts, yeah. you know, sometime back we talked about uh, what was going on with my wife and all that kind of stuff with the yeah. leukemia and stuff. So anyway, s- some developments have happened, mm-hmm. you know, so... And that's built for another podcast, but talking about the reeling of the heart. So this guy, a friend of mine uh, from college called me up and he said, Hey man, uh, he was, he's the best man at my wedding. Oh, okay. And actually he's been on, he was on a podcast with me. His name is Spencer. Oh and, yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, he, I, we talked about, I don't remember what we talked about. We talked about something a long time ago. Yeah. It's been a long time, yeah, ago. A long time ago. And so uh, he called me up and said, Hey, he said, man, I just, he said, I just saw the news. And I said, yeah. And he's, and, but here's what he did. He called, and he said, Hey, um, um, he said, I just called to just, uh, see, see what you're thinking. What's going on? You know, how you feeling about stuff? And, 
And so, uh, and he's one of those guys like you where I can, I feel like I can just say whatever. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, uh, and not be judged or criticized. And they just, you know, they, they you know, there's certain people who just get me. You yeah, know what I'm saying? absolutely. Right. So, uh, but however, in those, you got to have these kind of people in your life, like you and Spencer to be able to just, to just say whatever's on your heart and mind. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And just because the, because here's the deal. Uh, I'm always, uh, I am a dangerous person to ask, <laughs> how are you doing? <laughs> yeah. Cause I am very comfortable. Yeah. Answering that question mm-hmm. other than just fine. Now, typically I'll give the, you know, uh, an honest answer that's short and sweet and kind of safe. Kind of the cliff notes version of how Very you feel. Very cliff notes yeah. version, you know, because a lot of times people will say, well, how, how you doing today? I'm a little tired. Yeah. And I've seen you give the cliff notes version. Yeah. To, yeah. yeah. And, um, and so, uh, but however, what I'm saying is, is that in those moments when I'm talking about stuff that's close to my heart, um, not only are am I revealing myself to the people I'm talking to, right? But I am revealing something to me. There are times, more importantly, you are revealing yourself to you, right? So Pam and I were having a conversation about something important the other day, and as I was talking about it, I uh, I was actually processing, and I was it was this a weird kind of thing. I was hearing what I was saying, yeah, and I was evaluating what was coming out of my mouth, yeah. and what does that mean about me. Yes. You know what I'm saying? I do that a lot. Right, right, right. Yeah. And I don't and it wasn't like an inner critic thing. It was just really, okay, wow, okay, I'm struggling with this or that. Right. You know, and but I'm hearing it for the first time coming out of my mouth and uh I'm having a process. So, but that was a reflection of who I am. So I know that sounds I, I that's sounds very philosophical and some very kind of a weird thing, but here's the deal. A lot of people uh, talking about that sensory thing about Walmart. Yeah. You know, here's a thought I had when I was there. I thought, you know what? That keeps people distracted. I mean, there's a lot of people. If they, I mean, I've seen people at Walmart walk around with headphones on, listening to music. Sure. And, you know, and and if and the deal is, if, if, here's what here's I got a theory about all this. Yeah. If I'm the devil, which I'm not. I I I feel really confident in confirming okay, that. That's good. Yeah. yeah. I wasn't going to say I'm he's smarter than sure. I am. I'll tell you that. I feel very confident yeah. that you're not the okay. devil. Yes. Uh if I'm the devil, um I don't want anybody, especially believers, hearing God's desire come through their heart. Oh, it no doubt. Because that's one of the ways I can keep you off track. Yep. Of what God really wants you to focus on. Yep. So if I can if I can keep you distracted from what is in your heart, the good stuff mm-hmm. that God's doing, and I can keep you distracted with your phone or with music, with entertainment, with a hobby, to where you know a lot of people are just escaping things. No doubt. You know, with all this this other stuff, and I'm not saying all that stuff. I'm not saying that stuff's bad, but what I'm saying is is that if you have a hard time listening to what God is saying to you through your heart mm-hmm. about your desires, you know, then we need to make some changes to where you're able to, we need to find a way to where you can pick up on what's, what's coming out of your heart. Good or good and bad. Well, the more distracted I am, the more vulnerable I am, right. you know, to the devil, mm. you know, uh, when I, 
when I began to, yeah, evaluate and really hone in and listen to what's in my heart and evaluate those things and have a have a desire to change and meditate on the way that God wants me to live and all that stuff, I become dangerous to the devil then, yeah. you know, because he, he he's has less of a hold on me yeah. or less of an opportunity to yeah. to influence me in a way that that it that he shouldn't be able to. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, staying distracted, you know, everyone should take some time uh and turn the noise down and really reflect and and you know not so look i don't every conversation i have with someone i don't evaluate every word that has come out of my mouth right so mm-hmm. i mean it, i'm not walking around in this this weird self-evaluation moment every moment of every day right. uh but the <laughs> But there is absolutely at some point each day where I try to turn the noise down and just think about the day, think right. about conversations, think about what am I really doing? Who am I really, you know, and, and all those things, you know, and, and so, so yeah, just turning that noise down and, and evaluating yourself, um, you know, is something we should get into the habit of doing, you know? Yeah. You know, and this is, I think one of the best ways to examine your heart, you know, and this is where we don't do this enough, or at least Christians don't. Is we don't we don't have enough people, or a lot of Christians don't have those people in their life that they can just have a conversation about what's going on inside them and be totally raw and real. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and here's the deal. Uh, so in First John, there's this little passage that says, um, "Confess your sins to one another." Yeah. Okay, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Now here's what most people picture. Oh, going to the priest. Right. Okay. No, that's not what I was talking about. Uh, it means, oh, honey, I'm sorry. I, I didn't mean to say that. I'm conf- I admit I'm wrong. Will you forgive me? Okay. Mm, that can be that. Sure. But really the confession, confess one another, confess your sins to one another. What it's talking about is this conversation with a person in your life, not necessarily the one you sinned against. Right. Is it confess? Okay, man, here's what I struggle with. Yes. Okay. And and this is what's happening inside of me. This is what I'm, you know what I'm saying? And a lot of Christians don't have that. And so when it even comes to evaluating what they're str- what God is saying to them in their heart, trying to come out, they, they can't identify. Well, well, think about this. So, so we struggle, um, we struggle with the things that are in our heart. God places people in front of us that are there with intention to be that person. And we still struggle at times to be honest and raw with them. Cause what might they, we need to, we need to be paying better attention to the things that God put in our lives. Like, you know, so I feel like I could come in here, we could have the microphone shut off. We can close the door and I could have a real conversation with you. Right. I feel like over the years I've had a lot of real conversations with you. And and I'll tell you what, what I love is, is that you haven't kicked me out of the house yet. <laughs> well, but that tells me that, that you're in my life for a reason right. to help me grow and vice versa and all that. So it's like, look. Pay attention to the people that God has put in your lives. Yeah. They're there for a reason. And if 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 you've not being honest with ourselves, man, is one of the biggest hindrances that we have in spiritual growth, it seems like. Okay, there is a reason why counselors ask the following question. Okay. Um, well, how do you feel about that? Now I know that's a joke. I mean, in you know, oh you know. 
in comedies, you know, another yeah. people, they just say, you know, they just, they're just going to all about your feelings. Yeah. Well, what's happening is once you start talking about how you feel about something, you're actually starting to talk about what's in your heart. No doubt. And that's why they ask the question because they're trying to dig, see how far can he go? Right. How, how aware is he? And how willing are they to open up? That's right. Because if they don't open up, we can't fix this. That's right. So, okay. Uh, my two little girls, mm-hmm. the little ones, uh, four and seven. So, okay, sweet little Natalie did something she wasn't supposed to do. No. Mm, she was being mean to her little sister. Can you believe that? At seven years old, she's still being mean That's to right. her little she, sister? She, she ought to be fixed by this. A- absolutely. You know, what's up? This, okay. You know. So uh, I, had to, I had to get on to her, and, and I asked her. I said, Natalie, why did you do that? Mm-hmm. You know what? You, you're going to be shocked. You know what she said? What? I don't know. <laughs> Imagine that. Imagine that. Yeah. Okay. So, and I probed a little, I did, you know, put on my little counselor hat and with her and I probed a little different and we couldn't, we couldn't get past that. So uh, legitimately, there are times where I think people like children, they don't know why they do something. Right. Okay. Right. All right. Now, if you are 45 years old and you do something good or bad. Right. And somebody says, well, why did you do that? And you don't know why, okay? By the time you're 45, that means you have not hardly done any. You haven't trained yourself at all. Or done any self-evaluation or that anything. worth anything. Sure, sure. Okay. Um, and it is. this is why it's so hard. Like, even counselors, they have to, they have to use these mechanisms, mm-hmm. tools, tricks of the trade to get people... To get to the end, because it's so hard. We've buried who we are so deep. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because the bottom is, we don't like what we see. That's, I was going to say, inherently, we know we're flawed. Right. We know yeah. we know we're broken. Yeah, that's right. Like, inherently, yeah. we know that, yeah. and we don't like to face that. No, we don't. And, and I don't like to face it, but, you know? Yeah, and here's the thing. Here's what's crazy about this. The desires that God places on your heart and those broken desires that you don't like, mm-hmm. they're in the same room. And you've got to go deep into that vault to the same place to discover both of them. Yeah. Okay. Because knowing and discovering both yeah. of them is part of the process. Right. It's important. Yeah. There's one of those parts is no more important than right. the other part. Yeah. They, they both have to exist. Yeah. You, you can't, you can't just delight yourself in the Lord and God gives you the desire of your heart. What's, <laughs> Okay, man, I, there's a lot of, we're, you know, obviously, yeah. we got a lot to talk about. Yeah. <laughs> there's a lot of notes here. There, there's pages of notes and that, we're, we're that are not going to be moved. Yeah. And there's there's like, there's heart issue stuff just about on every page of the Bible. Sure, okay. yes. All right, so, you know, but the, the thing is, is that <clears throat> as, you, as you learn how to recognize how broken your heart is, or even how sinful or evil your heart is. Yeah. You know, it's there you're also discovering God's desire, the new. Because, see, he says, I will give you the desires, which there's an implication there. You've got the wrong desires. Right. Right. He's going to give you some new desires. So don't lie about it. Right. Be honest. You can't fool God. He already knows what's in our heart. Let's be honest with ourselves. And there's growth there. Yeah. And so... um, when Paul is talking to the Corinthians and he says, uh, before you take the Lord's Supper, 
examine yourself <laughs> to see whether or not you are in the faith. Yes. He is he's telling them. He didn't use the word heart, but that's what he's like, He says, based on everything I can tell. <laughs> This is like around, I don't know, chapter 15. Right. He gets to the, he's unpacked a whole bunch of this stuff, all the stuff that they're doing. He says, look, you guys. <laughs> Y'all are a mess. You're a mess, and it <laughs> yeah. looks like you're not saved. I don't think you really have a new heart. Yeah, you might take want a to, look. You, you might want to take a hard look. Yeah. At, use the Lord's Supper as an opportunity to examine yourself in light of your commitment to Jesus. And then yeah. if you come to the conclusion that you're not where you need to be. Be honest about be, that. Be honest That's about the it. best place right. to start. Yeah. yeah. And once you can do that, once you're able to kind of get in there and examine your heart, spiritually speaking, you're going to discover some things you don't like, but you're also going to discover some wonderful things yes. that you definitely need that God wants you to see in order to get you where you need to go. Yes. And, uh, but a, Jeff, lot of, yes. Lot of, a lot of people just aren't willing to go there because it's uncomfortable. Well, it's, it's, I'll, it's horrible. Yeah. It is not fun. Look, it is not fun to come to terms with what you really are. Mm -hmm. That is not a fun thing. Okay, so I'm answering. We're we're trying to answer the question. <laughs> yeah. What was the question again? What do we mean when we say desire? <laughs> oh, okay, okay, okay. All right, and I, I, we started with this Proverbs twenty seven nineteen, you know, the heart reflects the person, okay, who they really are. And then I say, okay, there's three things that oh, yeah. you know, your heart determines three things, right? I remember that now. Right. Your heart determines what you say, but by what you say reflect that's one indication of how to identify what, what's going on here. Yeah. But there but there's two others. Okay. Okay. So the Bible also determines uh also says that it the, the heart determines why you feel the way you do and why you act the way you do. So it's so your heart's gonna you you can tell a lot about who you are in your heart by what you say, mm -hmm. how you feel about certain things, and how you behave regarding certain things. Yeah. Okay. What you say, how you feel, what you what you what you do. Okay. So, but the Hebrews fourteen twelve. A lot of people know this verse or a lot of believers who've been around church for a while. It says this. It says, The Word of God examines the thoughts and motives of the heart. Hmm. Okay, the Word of God does that. Yeah. The Word of God examines. It takes a hard look at my thoughts and my motives that's in my heart. So here's... Here's how you know if you are reading the word, praying the word, listening to sermons, listening to Christian podcasts, reading Christian books. Here's how you know if you are taking God's word serious. As you study the word, it's going to reveal something good and bad about the way you think and why your motives, your feelings, uh, why you do what you do. So if you're not being challenging your thought about what you believe, oh man. I thought this was true, but it's not. Right. You know, why do I think, you know, and, and when, when the, even when the word's talking about something about how to treat others, why do I think this about them? Right. But I don't treat them right. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so, um, so the word of God, if it's doing its work, if you're letting God's word by the Holy Spirit do its work on you, on you, you're going to come face to face 
with some thoughts and motives that's in your heart, good or bad. Right. Okay. Right. So the word of God examines it. Okay. Let's just pull. Let's just. All right. So he's going. He's just going to lay Jeff on the examination table. Open up that chest. Yep. And we're going to take a look at his thoughts. But see, the thing is, the word of God doesn't keep it to itself. The word of God is going to. It's going to help you understand why you think the way you think. It's going to help you to. Oh man, that's why I think that. So I need to take every thought captive in that area, or right. I need to start thinking about things that are good, pure, true. I'll, Philippians four thing, you know that kind of stuff. Oh, that's why I do that, you know, right? Because I'm broken. Yeah. You know? Or this is why I do that because God's given me the desire to do that. Yeah. You feel what I'm saying? Absolutely. Yeah. So, uh, so the Word of God is going to be a significant part of you discovering. So you, uh, what I'm saying is, don't just think you just need to go out underneath some tree and pray. <laughs> right. This is, this is, when you're looking at your heart, you've got to take it seriously. You're going to have to peel back some stuff, dive deep in the vault, go to some uncomfortable places. You're going to have to delight yourself in the Lord. And, and in that process, he's going to tell you some things that you don't delight in. Right. You know, I, I've got this weird, I sometimes wonder if, if there's something wrong with me. And here's why. Right. Yes, the answer is right. yes. Right. Okay. right. So here is the thing. I have got this weird habit. I'm developing this weird habit. When I find, when I dig into myself, right, and I, I really try to go to that space where I'm reflective on my motivations and all that stuff, right? When I find something ugly, I'm actually encouraged. And here's what's weird. I'm encouraged. It's almost like I love laying in the misery of that for a moment <laughs> because because that fully allows me to acknowledge and defeat uh, that. Uh. It's it's very weird. It's almost like I, I've just got this weird image of a kid on Christmas morning opening up a gift and finding something horrible inside the box, and I'm excited uh. that I found that because that means God was working on me and I can now get rid of it. Oh, yeah. I actually get... So as I go through that self-examination, so here's the thing, like if, if I'm dealing with my wife, you know, about mm-hmm. something, right? right. And, I, and I stop and I think about like the conversation that I had with her. And then, you know, as I think about it more deeply, I'm like, man, I was very selfish in that spot. I actually get very encouraged that I'm able to be that honest and kind of root out that, that nastiness or that decay. Because the exciting part is, is if I can locate it, and I can identify it, I can get rid of it. Mm-hmm. And so I actually, I, it, it sounds like I tell people, man, lay in it. Lay in it, soak it in, think about it, wrestle with it, struggle with it, do all those things. And it sounds like I'm almost like I like seeing people punish themselves or whatever, but it's not that at all. Right. I feel like if we lay in it and meditate on it and think about it and think about and, and like if we feel the real weight of consequence and and all of those things, then in that process, God does some pretty incredible things. He changes our heart, allows us to uproot those terrible things and get rid of them. Mm -hmm. I get excited when I find the ugly things about me out Mm -hmm. because then I can get rid of them. It's it's this, it, it almost sounds self-deprecating or almost well, but I, but it's not it's it's a i i thank god for it yeah well okay so as you you were here's a thought i had in my mind to help people understand this yeah uh it's like you're feeling sick mm-hmm. you go to the doctor yeah they do some preliminary stuff 
Mm, don't know. Let's run some tests. So he takes some blood. Well, I don't know. Let's, have, let's do an X-ray. Let's do an MRI. You know, what I'm saying, oh, there it is. Yeah, you know what I'm saying, yeah, that's what's causing it. And so, but you got to have surgery. So then they have to cut you open. Sure. But here's the process. You 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 know there's something wrong with you mm-hmm. on the front end, but you don't know why you or feel this way. You're, you know, physically you're sick. Yeah, there's something wrong. And but you want you know. You don't have to be this way, but uh, and a lot like a lot of people, they'll try all kinds of. They'll go down to the pharmacy and they'll, yeah, Pepto Bismol or whatever, <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know. And so, but it just doesn't go away. Something going on. So, but then they go through the process, and then they're willing to do surgery, and they're willing to let somebody cut them open and let them dig in there and cut it out, and and then they go through the healing process, and they're thinking, man, I wish I would have done that sooner. I feel so much better. I look forward to the surgery. Yeah. That's a weird mindset, it seems like, but yeah. I really, because I know on the other side of that, mm-hmm. I'm better. Right. Yeah. And so, and I think for a heart, and I, so again, if I'm the devil, I'm going to let you go to the doctor. Sure. Let you do all the physical stuff, but I do not want you to take the same mindset and apply it to your heart because I want to keep, I look, the devil knows what's in your heart and the bad stuff, mm-hmm. but, um, he also knows there's some good stuff that God's yes. doing there, and he doesn't want that out. No, he wants to keep that secret. Because he knows the sinful nature will always push to the top. Yeah. The the bad stuff. Yep. Okay? Because you got to die to yourself to get that good stuff up there. You yeah. Know? So you got to go through the fire and all that kind of stuff and get pruned and refined and all that stuff, you know, which we don't like, but that's the surgery. All that really uncomfortable yeah. stuff. Yeah, that's, yeah. That, that's all that surgery, and that's that healing process that we go through, to, you know, physically. So... Um, but you're going to have to do it. Yeah. You know, you start to, here's the deal. You don't have to do it. No, you don't have to. If you, but if you want to be better. That's right. Yeah. If you want to try to improve, if you want to, if, if you want to do the best you can to forward the kingdom. Right. You got to go through it. Well, let's go back to that little, that first verse, Psalms 37. Uh, delight yourself in the Lord. Yeah. Okay. A lot of people think, Oh, if I just delight myself in the Lord, it's going to be happy all yeah, the time. Yeah, if I just skip up and down the street oh, singing de- hymns. Yeah, the word de- it's delight. Right. <laughs> right. You know, it doesn't say everything involving the Lord is delightful. That's right. You know, in the moment. You delight yourself in the Lord. Right. Then he's going to, what he's going to do is he's going to take you to the operating table. Yes. Yeah. He's going to, he's going to do a heart transplant. Yeah. Correction. I'm not supposed yes. to be saying thank you. That's it's right. not fun to be corrected. Yeah. So he's going to do his to do thing, it. using his word, circumstances, everything that he's made available. Yep. He is going to use all the tools to start start chipping away all that selfishness that's in you as much as possible. This sure. heaven, all the selfishness you know in you, all that pride, all that stuff that's in your heart that is that up to up to the heart transplant by God. You've been motivated by self mm-hmm. rather than the desires God has placed in you. Right. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, um, boy, you know, I had no idea I, that neither. we were going to go that far into that based on the just <laughs> the few little notes I threw down here. I had know? a completely different idea <laughs> yeah. at the beginning of this that included none of that. That's right. Okay. Now, okay. So we, all right. Now, with all that said, okay. Um, I do believe that uh, 
there are some things that God just instinctively places in our heart that we have a desire for that because our heart's messed up, we use it wrongly. Oh yeah, no doubt. Okay. Um, but once he give, once he does the heart transplant operation on us, then we start, oh, this is how, it, you know. Uh, f- so, for example, you still may um, have a desire to work with youth, but your motivation's all wrong. You know what sure. I'm saying? Sure, Okay, but instinctively, for some reason, you're drawn to youth or you're drawn to senior. You just have this, or you may have this, this desire to really be a part of like, senior adults who are aging and that's your passion, but you just don't do anything about it because you're too selfish. You know, the desire's there yeah. for that people group, but nah, you still, you want to go fish and play golf. You know what I'm saying? Right. You just hang well, out, So, you know, but I, it's there. I keep having this thing pop in my head and help me parse through this. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I obviously I've been involved in Genesis church since the beginning. Right. Um, but I, as time went on, I had this desire to help serve the church, serve somehow the church, right? right so I right. jumped into the music part of it, I play drums. Right. But it occurred to me pretty early on that, that so I love to play drums. Mm-hmm. I love church, but I put those two things together and it wasn't, uh, so I still had this desire to serve, but I was, I feel like I was serving in a, a capacity that... right. Is is that? Does that make sense, Jeff? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> like, yeah. What am I saying here? Yeah, okay. I, it, it just just keeps popping in my head, and I can't get rid of the thought. Okay. So um, when we talk about the design, even though we're compartmentalizing like desire, experiences, mm-hmm. spiritual gifts, those kinds of things, in this design concept, uh, they they all overlap. They all feed off each other. Sure. They, okay. And and you, there are times where. Some of them can be synonymous sometimes, you know, depending on what you're talking about. So, for example, let's talk about the spiritual gift of service, which eventually we will when we get to the spiritual gifts. If we um, ever if we ever get to that point. Yeah, right. So the spiritual gifts, one of the spiritual gifts, uh, there's 19 or 21, depending on how you look at a couple of them. Uh, some people think there's a few more there. Okay, so my interpretation, my understanding of the spiritual gift, especially with the spiritual gift of service, mm-hmm. is that... Uh, some people just have this spiritual gift that they're able to serve. Really, they're, they're just servants, okay? But they all don't serve the same way. For example, um, okay, you obviously have a heart to serve. I mean, think about it. You are a public safety person. Sure. Something about that drew you into that. May not have fully understood it back then. My joy right. is adventurous. I get to wear a gun. Whatever. Sure, sure. You know, get to shoot people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Never Drag done that, by the way. Bodies out of a building. <laughs> yeah, you know that right. kind of thing, and have it explode behind me in slow motion, <laughs> like on TV. Like on TV. Yes. Yeah. So anyway, um, uh, so y- there are some people who have a spiritual gift of service, but what they what happens is they have to figure out what does that mean for them. Mm-hmm. Okay, so God's given them a spiritual gift, say, of service, but they also have the ability, say, to uh, cook. Yeah, they love to cook, and and so this say the, uh, take a lady. Typically, it's ladies who like to cook. I mean, men like to do it as well. But in the church world, somebody dies. Yeah, you know some of these ladies who love to cook. You know what they do? They, they get cook. together and they mm-hmm. say, "Let's provide meals." Mm-hmm. Men don't do that, right? Not normally. No, not normally. We don't. 
bunch of men, a deacon's meeting, that we don't sit around and go, hey, everybody, you know, I think we ought to just, won't we, hey, Billy, why don't you cook some uh, hamburgers and let's just uh, create a meal plan yeah. for the next month right. for the Smith family. Right. You know, and we just don't. No. Right. What we do, if that comes up, it's like, yeah, I bet our wives would really love to do Absolutely. that. Absolutely. Right. Know, okay. so, yeah. All right. Um, but what I'm saying is that you have a, a spiritual gift, of, you have the spiritual gift of service. But it's going to be expressed differently. Meaning, some people have a that their spiritual gift is service, but it's going to show up in this cooking, cleaning thing for somebody. Mm-hmm. Another one's going to be, um, you know, they're just going to help in more like tangible ways. Like, hey, you know what? Let's go fix their window, fix their door, right. help them move, yeah, whatever. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Uh, and so it's going to, based on their skills, their 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 spiritual gift is expressed through their natural abilities that they learn sure you know like cooking cleaning mechanics carpentry stuff like that Mm -hmm. so that's what i'm saying they're all overlapped so and i think uh, for a lot of believers when they first get saved and start thinking about this especially in the context of ministry they have to i think they have to just try stuff sure yeah yeah i I agree with that let's Mm -hmm. see if that's it yeah i don't think this is it you know, yeah. Well, what else? Well, maybe it's something else. You know what I'm saying? Maybe it's uh, sitting and talking on a podcast. Yeah. So I had the desire to help serve. I just had to parse out where, where, and, what it and, how, like, and, and how, and all that stuff. Yeah. And that comes with experience. Again, there's another aspect of the design that yeah. E is experience. So I think some. You go through experiences, but also as you as you go through experiences, you're learning more about yourself. But sure. again, that's learning how to look at this, look at yourself as a created tool or weapon, yeah, or vessel that God has made. Yeah, you know, say, okay, God, <clears throat> how have you made me? I am complex and wonderfully made. Mm-hmm. You made me for a purpose. Ephesians two, all this, other, you know, and you and if you look at yourself, if you look at yourself. From the outside in, mm-hmm. you know, say, okay, what is my desire? What yeah. Is God, what, what do I think God has really given me a desire for to do ministry-wise? Uh, and you might be wrong, but tr- give it a shot. Yeah. You'll find out real quick, okay, because it'll burn you out. You're thinking, oh, no, I, I hate doing this. Well, you never hit a home run if you don't swing the bat. That's right. So let's yeah. let's let's That's swing right. at it. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, if you again, if you go through your design and you examine yourself through the design filter, you're gonna you're, you'll have a much more clear purpose of why you're here. Yeah. You'll know what to say no to, and what to say yes to, and some things maybe to try out and think, well, that might work. Oh no, I didn't. Oh yeah, I love doing this. And then next thing you know, you're in it for the next twenty years because you just can't let it go. And you're living a much more fulfilled yes. life. Yeah. Just absolutely. like God wants. Uh, you, know, right. you know. You know. It, it's. Yeah, it's it's amazing to me. Yeah. If we'll just swing and miss, figure those things out, we'll be much more fulfilled and and be closer to God and and yeah, things will So, you know, here's the deal. So anybody listening, if they're in my little world over here, if they come to me and say, Pastor, you know, I just don't know what God wants me to do. Can can we talk? Oh yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh without telling them what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna walk through the design. Yeah. I'm gonna ask them the design questions. Yeah. You know, I want to talk about, you know, well, what do you, what does, what are you passionate about? If you can help anybody, who would you want to help? Yeah. You know, uh, do you have any experiences that you've gone through that you could bring to the table? How would that help them? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. What's your spiritual gift? You see, know, now I got to start thinking about all the conversations over the years you and I have had and see yeah. what kind of little tricks you've used <laughs> on me. You know? 
Hey, you know what? Jesus used them all the time. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? Right on. All Absolutely. right, everybody. Well, yeah. you got me leading a discipleship group, and you got yeah. me on this podcast talking out that's of my right. head. So that's exactly right. Yeah, you're you're getting yeah. something done. Yeah, let's see. Uh, all right. Uh, I can't believe it, but, uh, man, we've already gone over an hour. Uh, but, but I do want to uh, couple, cover a couple of things here. <laughs> sure. Um, uh, okay, I had taught this. I actually did a, like a sermon series on this 15 years ago okay. some, uh, in, at, in Alabama, a church I pastored there. I had uh, a couple of people who really thought through this, and they misunderstood what I'm saying, so I've got to address this in case there's somebody out there misunderstanding what I'm saying. Okay. I said basically what we've said today, Okay. And I, and I would say, what do you like to do? What would you like to do for God? Those kinds of things. Well, they had mm-hmm. a problem with that question. And and the problem was they were hearing, well, I, God is going to give me a desire to do something, and I'm going to always like to do it. Uh, okay? Yeah. That's not what I was saying. Right. I mean, I can understand why they were confused about that. Uh, because there are there are times where you're you're going to realize that what God wants you to do the desire you will have a desire to do it now this is going to sound contradictory right but it's not and it'll make sense as soon as I explain it you're you're going to have a desire to do what God wants you to do but you're not going to want to do it right okay that is like wanting to clean your room for your parent right because it'll please your parent, right? But the actual act of cleaning the room you is not fun for you in that moment. And that is exactly what Jesus was experiencing in the Garden of Gethsemane yep. when he said, "Not my will, but your will be." He wanted to do what the Heavenly Father wanted him. He had a desire for that. Yes, but he did not want to do it. Correct. Okay, so. Yes. So when I say things like, what do you want to do for God? Mm-hmm. What do you like to do for God? Okay. What would you like to do for God? And all that kind of thing. I'm not asking, what is it that God wants you to do that's going to be fun and exciting and easy? Right. That's not what we're talking about here. Mm-hmm. And so we're, we're talking about God's going to give you the desire to do something. And for some reason, and a lot of times it's going to be fun. It's going to be great. Yeah. You're going to love it. Yeah. Matter of fact, most of the time. Mm-hmm. Okay. But then there's going to be those times where uh, you're going to realize, I have a desire to do something, and I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it in this moment. I don't, yeah, I don't want to do it. I don't uh, want to do it that way. How long have you been a pastor? Mm, that's a good question. Let's just go with 30 years. Okay, 30 years. Has every minute of the last 30 years been just joyous and perfect. Yeah, absolutely. There's now you nothing, shouldn't, you shouldn't lie no. now. No. There's, right. there's never been a discouraging never, moment. Not I one have moment. never thought about anything. But you've other always had a desire. Yes. In to, some form. To, to do what God wants you to do, yeah. but you haven't always loved every no. second of it. Right. And I'm going to say, I didn't always ever do it. Oh, sure. Okay. Sure. Um, so yeah, that, that, there you go. It's like right. you, yeah, yeah. And uh, 
Okay, so when we get in, okay, so down the road, Bill and I are going to do a, a little series on uh, what it means to be a husband, biblically speaking. You know, once that's that'll be fun. That'll be fun, and mm-hmm. hopefully, we can get a couple of ladies in here as well. But here's the deal: when we're talking, there, there, in one of the best places to test how how committed you are to what God wants you to do is just get married. Yeah. Billy Graham once said that. He said the he says you can find out how much fruit of the spirit you have after you got married. And 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 that is absolutely true. Yeah. I mean it is it yeah. is absolutely true. Yeah, because marriage uh is um it's a weird thing. It's a wonderful, weird, difficult thing. Yeah. Okay, that God created mm-hmm. and he knew that we needed. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, marriage is not for everybody. The Bible talks about some people being single and all that kind yep. of stuff. And yeah. so, but generally speaking, most people are wired to where they need to be married. They right. should be married. And uh, it is in that context where you're going to discover, you know, there's some things I need to do and I need to say that I don't want to do or say. Correct. You know, if you're going to love that spouse the way you should, you know, husband or wife or whatever, but it's, but again, that, that's where that will, God's will, not my will kicks in. But again, here's what's, here's the strange thing. This is why in some cases, and I'm not talking about the abuse type situation, or sure. those, you know, I'm not talking about the outliners. You may be married to someone who's not that great, mm-hmm. but for whatever reason, you have a desire to stay with them and to love them and to be there for them. Yes. And I'm not talking about some weird codependent thing. That's that because <laughs> right. that does exist. Right. There's right. some unhealthy stuff going on. Of out course. There. But uh, well, yeah, we could we can attack that point in, from a million different ways. We're talking about just the this 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 struggle that we have with God's. With sometimes God gives us a desire for something. Mm-hmm. Well, here's what's weird in the Old Testament. Man, I can't remember this guy's name. Gone blank. Anyway, in the Old Testament, there's this prophet that God told him, "I want you to marry this woman," and that woman happened to be a prostitute. Right. And he knew going into it yeah. who she was, and that she would not be faithful. Yeah. You know, but he wanted to do what God wanted. He him had to a do. desire to be obedient to God. That's right. And so. Uh, but that didn't mean he liked every minute that's of right. it. So since he was wanting to do what God wanted him to do, he had a desire to marry this woman. Yeah. Because that was what he wanted, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. So it doesn't mean that it was a fun desire, you know, that kind of thing. Right. All right. Now, but back to a normal, typical situation where God gives you a desire to do something. Sure. One of the ways you can uh, identify some things that God has given you a desire to do, one of the ways is that it comes with enthusiasm. Mm-hmm. Now I'm not talking about the Garden Gethsemane stuff, right? There's some things that you're thinking, man, I w- man, I would love to be able to just to cook for them, clean for them, fix their car, you know, be available for them, take them there, take- whatever it is that they need. Yeah, you know, you just ha- you're enthusiastic about going on that youth trip, going on that mission trip with the church. You know what I'm saying? Sharing the gospel, whatever it is that you're there. There's something there's enthusiasm usually around the normal ministry stuff. You're enthusiastic about doing that. If you dread so if you were if you volunteer at your church <laughs> and you work in the nursery and you dread it yeah. every single time 
get out of it. That's why I've never gone near it. There you go. I, I couldn't do yeah, it. I want to tell you, from a pastor perspective, I don't want anybody doing anything that they dread doing. Right. Let's find, because you're wired. If you dread doing that, that means you're excited about something else. Yep. Let's find that. Absolutely. Because it's going to be better for everybody. Correct. Because it's hard to hide dread. <laughs> yeah, it sure is. If you dread it, everybody in the room knows you don't want to be here. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Uh, let's see here. We need to start wrapping this thing up real quick. Um, mm, 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 mm. Man, I'm looking at a lot of good stuff. We didn't even touch it. Didn't we didn't touch, touch it. it. Okay. Well, it, okay. So it should wet your whistle. If you're listening to this. You kind of have an understanding how God gives you a desire. You're going to have to dig in there a little bit. We didn't get into the a lot of techniques and how to do that, but it, this will get you started. Yeah. I can't do all the thinking for you. You've got to do some research yourself. <laughs> well. It's got to be good enough at some point. You're right. Okay. Amen. Amen. All right. So um, as we wrap this up, a uh, couple things real quick. Remember, uh, if you would, click the follow button. Uh, rate us. Uh, that is, if you give us a five star rate us. If you're going to give us like a two star, don't rate us. <laughs> All right. Uh, so, but you know, rate us if you if you if you enjoy this, and also share us. Okay, that will yeah. help us out tremendously. We appreciate that. Uh, now, I have been wrestling with how to end these podcasts. Okay. And Instead th- of just hey, see you later. Yep. Till next time or whatever. Sure, sure. Saying, which I think I will still say until next time. Mm-hmm. But. Uh, I think I've landed on something. Okay. It's something I used to do a long time ago. Now, uh, I used to do it, uh, okay, years ago, and I think I mentioned this before, years ago, I would, this is before phone, before phones had Bibles on them, mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff, you know, and I, uh, and before Joel Osteen came around, and you know, because he stole it from me. Well, yeah. Because I was doing it for him. I knew that. Because I got it from Carmen. I mean, buddy, who, if you know who I'm talking about, Carmen the musician, he's, he's right. going on to be the Lord and stuff. Anyway, He's from my generation. And uh, he had a song with this certain phrase, this thing in it, this statements in it. And I thought, oh, that'd be good to use on Sunday mornings. And so I would, and this sounds just like Joel Osteen, but you got to understand, this is all before Joel Osteen. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, at the beginning, I would stand up there right before I'd preach. I would I'd say, all right, take your Bibles, hold them up high. Boom. I say, I say, all right, repeat after me. This is the word of God. You know, this is where it goes, you know? And I would say this. I would say, it's, you know, I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. And I can do what it says I can do. And I'm going to receive from, I mean, it's almost, almost exactly what Joel Osteen does now in, in, his, in, in his services. Uh, but the important thing here is, is that you didn't steal it I from didn't get Joel it from Joel. Osteen. Yeah, I want to yeah. say, okay, first of all, I'm not a, okay, this is, I, I don't want anybody a lot of people like Joel Osteen, okay? Yeah. And he has admittedly said that he is considered Christian-like. I mean, that's how he describes himself, Christian-like. He's he's like a devotional preacher. Yeah. He's a motivational speaker. Uh, I don't agree with a lot of his theology. Sure. Especially health and wealth and prosperity, all that kind of stuff. Uh, I do totally agree with him. When he talks about work ethic, being the best employee as a child of God, mm-hmm. you know, being the best husband, and he's talking about all that kind of stuff, I, 100% behind him. Yep. Okay? Love yeah. it. Yeah. And so, um, you know, for me, Joel Osteen, you just got to, you got you around the bones, you know, if you, if you you want to stay, you know, all right. So, but here's the thing. Um, uh, I would say that, you know what I'm saying? Then I would say a statement, what what I just said. And, uh, but then people started holding up their phones 
and mm. iPads. Mm. Uh, it just don't have the same effect. It, it definitely doesn't. You, know, you think, hold up your phone. This is the word of God. <laughs> yeah, no, no. It, there's just something. That's weird. I was just having a conversation last night at group that right. whole, reading out of your Bible yeah. just feels more genuine I don't than know, feels off more your phone. Sacred, or yeah. There's just so yes, I agree right, with right, right, you. Right. Holding up the phone would definitely yeah, just, not have just, the same so, ring. When I started, when I started seeing that, I dropped it. Sure, you know, and uh, and so uh, and then I replaced it uh, a version of what I do at Genesis now. At the, yeah, at the end of the service, you mm-hmm. know, with what I do now. So uh, here's here's how we're gonna do it. Now I'm only explaining this once because from here on out, I'm just gonna say it. Okay. All right. So we're about to wrap it up. So here's how it goes. All right, as we wrap this up, I want, I want to remind you. <laughs> you are who God says you are. You have what God says you have, and you can do what God says you can do. Until next time. Thank you for listening. This has been Conversations. If you enjoyed this podcast, we'd love for you to click subscribe and leave us a great review. And to find out more about Genesis Church, please visit www.genesisbegins.com.